Pull your Bibles out. Are you ready? Let's pray. Junior high, you are dismissed. Hallelujah. Oh, glory to God. I can't hardly wait to preach this. It's burning in my soul. God, I thank you for your people. I thank you for the supply that you've provided. Thank you, Lord, that in this camp, Camp Heart of the Bay, hallelujah, they are people that love you, that want to see your kingdom advanced, that love people. We love souls, Lord. We ask you, Father, to strengthen us, help us, give us ears to hear what the Spirit would say to us. Show us today the favor that you have on our life, that we might fulfill the plan of God. In the name of Jesus. And everybody said, Amen in Jesus' name. Friends, the first thing I'll start is with a disclaimer. There's a great deal of controversy that has arisen uh, in recent, you know, in the recent decade regarding the Blabbit and Grabbit group and all that. And it had to, it was targeted against those people that talk about favor. You know, I have favor, God changes regulations, everything I do prospers, and all that sort of thing. A lot of, um, if you will, criticism came. In the media, and it came not only in the media, it came legally against many of the ministries that we have a lot of respect for. And friends, um, I, I want to put a disclaimer here. What we're about to talk about today is not favor so that you could be more comfortable. It's not favor so that you can have an easy life and, and, and a life that's self-centered. What we're about to talk today is that we need to grasp the concept of God's favor because it is God's favor that will enable you to carry out your mission, your personal mission, and this church's mission in the earth today. It's far more than having a fat bank account and a Cadillac, my friends. It's the ability to transact kingdom business in an adversarial environment. That's what we're talking about. Uh, The people we are going to discuss in the following few moments together were people that they functioned uh, as... uh, ambassadors of God or ambassadors of Christ under adversarial circumstances and the fact is that the greater the adversity or the greater the the uh, opposition to the anointing or to the to the Christian movement are you with me now the greater the opposition the greater amount of favor that you need to counteract the the uh, persecution that will come to you. See, God can't do what He needs to do in the earth today without you and me. And you and I need to function at optimum and we need part of our, part of our, uh, of our armory is the favor of God. We need that. We need the favor of God. Now, let me just share a few scriptures. There's two dimensions of favor, one of which we will focus on today. The first dimension and most important of all is favor with God. You've got to have favor with God. And I'll just read a few things about favor with God. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, it said in Luke chapter 4, verse 18 through 20. This is Jesus speaking in Luke 14, 18 through 20. He has anointed me because He has anointed me in the Amplified Bible, the Anointed One and the Messiah, to preach the good news of the gospel to the poor. And by the way, let's take a little... Pit stop right here. If you are in need of finances or you're dealing with lack in your life, you don't need another loan and you don't need a bailout. What Christians need today is a serious dose of the gospel of Jesus Christ. When somebody is broke, they need to immerse themselves in the gospel. 
Because it is the gospel of Jesus Christ that will get them in the flow of favor and supply. We talked about that on the 4th. I can't get too much into that. But anyway, he's noticed that that was the first thing that came up in the list. If priority has anything to do with it. The Messiah, that was the first thing he said. He said, the Lord has anointed me. What for? What's the first priority? To preach the gospel to the who? To the poor. He has sent me to announce release to the captors, recovery of sight to the blind, and to send forth as delivered those who are oppressed, who are downtrodden, bruised, crushed, and broken down by calamity. We have a lot of that in our environment today. To proclaim the accepted and acceptable year of the Lord. And this is what I need to focus on. He said, when salvation and the free, say it, favors of God profusely abound. I want to note here that he's talking about favor as not being a minimal dose, but a maximum dose, an over and above profuse dose. God is doing everything he could do to get people saved. He's bending, as they say, over backwards to get people into the kingdom of God and to help people, hurting people. But the thought here is that's what we call favor with God. In other words, he's predis- we're going to go over the definition in a little bit of what we mean by favor. But he's predisposed already to show favor. There are two dimensions that you see sometimes. There's f- uh, permission granting and permission withholding. If you buy something from Nordstrom and it's not quite what you like, you take it back. And there's no questions asked. Everybody say, no questions asked. No questions Even if you didn't have your receipts, oh, no problem, no questions asked. But when you go to some other cheesy outfit and you go back and you've got the receipt and you've got the thing and you say, I need to return this, they size you up and they, they give an FBI investigation. They put you under the lie detector. Say, my goodness, I just wanna, all I wanna do is return this for another one. You see, it's not even been opened yet and their permission withholding. That means before you ever get to the, I should call it the non-service counter, before you get to the un-service counter, you already know they might as well just put a great big sign up there that says no. Um, I wondered, no. Well, we brought our receipt, no. My wife bought this for me, it was a run, No. But you see, with God, it's not that way. Some people think that's the way God is. And we'll just get over this right quick. Some people think that God is permission withholding. He's not permission withholding. He's permission granting. He said, whosoever will come to me, I will in no wise cast out. If you want some service, friends, if you want some love, this is where you come. This is the place you come to. You come to the master. He's permission Granting, hallelujah. In fact, he's so permission granting. You don't even have to, you barely open your mouth and he sees one step in your direction. He's there. He's there with a new coat. He's there with a ring. He's there with new shoes for you. He's there with a party. Why? Because he loves you. He loves us. That's called favor with God. Everybody say favor with God. But you see, in the, in the nasty now and now, What we need to reconcile as the body of Christ is we need to learn how to deal with people. What we need to learn how to understand and operate in is operate in the favor 
of God as it relates to favor with man. Now, I'm not making something up, but that's what we're going to talk about in the next few moments. I want to note. I want you to notice something uh, in uh, in uh, uh, let's see in uh, the book of First uh, Samuel chapter two and twenty six. It says this in the King James Version, 1 Samuel 2 and 26. It says, And the child Samuel grew on and was in favor both with the Lord and also with who? You see, it's good to be in favor with God. But you also, friends, listen, to do what you've got to do in the earth today, you've got to have favor with man also. The same thing is borne out when we go to Luke chapter 2 and verse 52. I want you to notice this. These are just some little brief scriptures to show you that on both dimensions, these people that were very effective in earth carrying out the will and the plan of God, that they operated on both dimensions, not just once. Not just one dimension. And Jesus, in verse 52 of Luke 2, and Jesus increased in wisdom and stature and what? In favor with who? With who? With God and with man. So you see the two dimensions there? Today we're talking about what? Favor with man, right? All right. Now, let, let, me, let me just break this down to you. I've got to pique your curiosity just a little bit. There are, there are people in your life that will mess with you. There are, there are people at the service counter. There are people on the telephone. There's people on the company. There's people everywhere you go. Listen, they have the ability to make life miserable for you. If it's, it could be an employer. It could be the, the head of an organization. It could be the, the person at the service counter. At whatever, whatever level you are, con- it could be someone that owns a home. If you're a renter, you're dealing with the, well, whoever owns that home. Is that right? If you're trying to get your house refinanced, it's the bank. It's the banker. It's the investors. Is that right or what? If you're a child having a hard time with mom and dad, it's the father trying to have favor with the child and the child trying to have favor with the dad. You're dealing with people problems. Is that right or what? Jesus said, given it shall be given unto you, pressed down, shaken together, and running over, shall who? Men. He's talking about judgment, but I want to use that scripture for just a little bit to show you that a lot of what you do on the earth is dependent on what other people do. And uh, what, what we as Christians need to be believing God for is supernatural favor when you go to get your car's transmission worked on. Hello. When you go to make an insurance claim. Hello. When you go to, if you go to the doctor and want to, and you're trying to get treatment for something that's rare and they're trying to not, not to service you right, you are looking for what? You're looking for favor for service. Now, a lot of times people are permission, permission withholding. A lot of people are selfish. Some people are full of the devil. I like this quote. I like this quote that that John Maxwell said. He said, um, are you aware of the tremendous advantage frogs have over humans? (laughs) They can eat anything that bugs them. (laughs) Wouldn't it be great if we could consume our relational problems (laughs) rather than let them consume us? Hallelujah. Everything that bugs. So frogs eat everything that bugs. Okay, I thought you'd enjoy that. I also want to, since we're on the John Maxwell thing, here's a little something from Dale Carnegie. What we're about to talk about today is a supernatural move of God. It is an anointing. It's not positive thinking, and it's not college training on, on how to manipulate this and that to get close the deal with the realtor and, and get this little contract going on. 
or how to get that girl to go out with you. Come on, young man. You know, that's not what I'm talking about. We're not talking about manipulating people. We're talking about favor. But on the other hand, if this shoe fits, wear it. And what we're talking about, some of us frustrate the grace of God. Some of us frustrate by us being obnoxious. Now, before I read a little bit of, of a little bit about this from Dale Carnegie, I want to uh, let's talk about what favor is. Three things we want to try to cover in a few few moments. Favor. Well, what is it? Why do we need it? I think we covered that in a little bit. And how do you cooperate with it? First of all, favor is an anointing that God puts on you. And I think I covered that you need it because the majority of people out there, they, they could care less about you. I'm sorry, but not everybody out there is a nice Christian. I'm sorry, but not all Christians are nice either. <laughs> did I say that? I didn't say that. You did not say that in church. I did say that in church. Not all Christians. You need sometimes favor with Christians. Oh, my Lord. So what is... Be careful about those people that do business with little fish on their deal. Oh, Lord. You better be led by the Spirit. Okay, listen. Let's talk about favor. So what is it? To afford advantages for success. To facilitate. To promote over another. In other words, if you've got favor, you're a person that people will skip over everybody else just to get you something. I mean, to, for you to operate in favor. And I've got so many great stories about favor, but I've got to be careful about my time. Is it really that time? Yes. How you get, promo- you per- get promoted over another to bestow privileges on. Yeah, I like that. You know, special privileges. Oh, you don't have to go in here. Come in this way. You know, we have the special, we have the special entrance. You could go with the VIP. You're like, you know, a lot of times you've got to learn how to accept when God's trying to put favor on you. Or like when somebody's trying to forgive a $100,000 debt, you know, to you. Uh, like uh, you have to know how to conduct yourself. Uh, a feeling that there's something favorable, something good, a good regard. Consider that. Uh, is this Chris paging me? I wonder. <laughs> a feeling of a favorable regard. Or considered as a favorite. Here's another thought. Uh, you know, when you're in, in sports team, to say, well, this team is the favorite. I mean, they're expected to win. Let's talk about something opposite of the, if sometimes you could understand what something is by what it isn't. Okay, some someone that is uh, what's not favor, you know you don't have favor when you go to that counter and the person is disapproving, hostile, contrary, obnoxious. Hello. That sounds like people problems. Disapproving, discriminatory. You know what I'm talking about? Adverse. And you know, pastors Pastor Mark's typical thing of, may I help you? What they're really saying is, what do you want? That's what they're really saying. Okay, let's talk about Dale Carnegie right quick. I don't even know how to say this page. Dealing with people is probably the biggest problem you'll face, especially if you are in business. Yes, that is also true if you're a housewife, architect, somebody said amen, or an engineer. Research done a few years ago under the auspices of Carnegie Foundation for the Advancement of Teaching uncovered the most important and significant fact, uh, a fact later confirmed by additional studies made at Carnegie Institute of Technology. These investigations reveal, listen to this, that even in such technical lines as engineering, about 15% of one's financial success is due to one's technical knowledge and about 85% is due to skill in human engineering or to, uh, to personality and the ability to deal with or lead people. In other words, your people relations. Are you listening to that? 
In his heyday of his activity, J.D. Rockefeller said that the ability to deal with people is as purchasable a commodity as sugar or coffee. I will pay more for that ability, said John D., than any other under the sun. How to deal with people. Of course, this is like positive thinking. But Christians, you know, the Bible does tell us to walk in love and to be kind and nice to people. Just if the shoe fits, wear it and let's move on. Hallelujah. All right, moving right along. So favor with man. The more adversarial the environment, the more you need the favor of God. So let's, let's talk about some study cases about the favor of God and how important it was. Let's start talking about Moses. Moses in Exodus chapter 2, and we're going to probably be just referring to this but flying. It says here the decree, there was a decree that went out to kill all the, all the Hebrew male babies. But in Exodus 2, 5 through 9, it says that these midwives, they didn't do what the king said to do. Pharaoh said, kill all the male babies. These Hebrews are too powerful. But these Hebrews, they, God's favor influenced them to not do that. To When the babies were born, they just like, I can't kill him. He's so cute. Another male baby was like, he's so cute. I cannot kill. They just couldn't do it. Amen. What was that? That was God operating, influencing, listen, influencing the midwives so that the will of God could be done. What was the will of God? Well, God's will is never for, he's not, he's not out blowing down gospel tents and killing babies. The will of God is to help people. Is that right? And to increase his people. But then you go on to uh, uh, the fact that... Uh, his mother put Moses in a basket and he's floating down in the bulrushes and Pharaoh's daughter shows up and she sees, ah, oh, baby in a basket, opens it up. She goes, he's so cute. It's one of those Hebrew boys. And it was the favor of God that caused her to say, not only I'm not going to hurt this baby, but I'm going to take him as my own. Isn't that amazing? So he grew up in the courts of Pharaoh with the best of, of everything. Is that right? Let's move on. So anyway, that was absolutely amazing. And uh, so, of course, he grows up and when he becomes of age, he rejects the things of the world or the world system or Egypt. Now, this is an important point. I might as well cover it here in case I can't get to it later. Friends, I have found that a very important part of operating in the favor of God is this. First of all, the favor of God is on you and that is an anointing to have people just want you to be employed by them, for those of you looking for jobs, or they want you in their company, or they, they just, they're attracted to you. I'll, for lack of a better word, it's, it's an attraction to you. They, they notice you and they, they, they're drawn to you. Are you listening? And then, not, they, want, they have the ability to do something. They have the ability to turn you down, but they, they're impressed with a desire to do something good for you. To go above and beyond what they do for everybody else. That's called preferential treatment. That could save lives, friends. That could, that could, that could, that, that is so important for you to understand what that means. Because if things go the way that they always go, um, uh, the kingdom of God cannot progress. But rules have to be broken. Some, every, in every case where I saw something supernatural happen with the various people that we're talking about today, is rules had to be broken. Somebody had to say, you know, I know the king said that, but I just, I, this baby's so cute. I just uh, can't do it. Are you listening? So, 
uh, favor will cause people to do that. And this is what I want to what I want to show you is that Moses, in order for him to operate in that kind of anointing, he had to turn down the world system. It says in the book of Hebrews, he says he rejected uh, all the, the pleasures of sin and all that. Rather, he chose to, to go the way of God or really uh, affliction with God's people. And that was for a season, friends, because God brought him out later. Amen. So let's, let's look, continue looking at this. I want you to see this in, in Exodus chapter 3 and in verse 21. God promises something here to Abraham as he, ke- he sees Abraham and Abraham's looking at the burning bush. I want you to see this promise that God gives. I'm going to read it to you from, I don't know which version this is. And I will give this people favor. Everybody say, in the sight of. In the sight of. Say it again. In the sight of the Egyptians. What does that mean? Does that mean, is God messing with the odds? Absolutely, he's messing with the odds. Are you kidding me? The devil's out there messing with the odds. So God comes into a scene and he gives favor in the sight of people that otherwise would be adversarial. Or in situ, I, I got stories. People are in jobs today, very good paying jobs today. And they don't belong there, according to all the little dictates of whatever uh, the uh, job uh, description said. And you have to have this degree and that degree. And friends, they didn't have that degree. But they had the anointing. And this is what I'm trying to tell you. If you are walking consecrated to God, then the anointing on your life is at full force. If you're dabbling in sin, you are compromising your anointing. And if you get nothing from me today or from the Spirit of God today is people will pay premium dollars for someone that's anointed. They don't know that's what it is, but eventually, and I could tell you, I, I might have to skip around a little bit, but I'm going to try to show you that it, that's exactly what they pay money for. The anointing on your life. You happen to know what to do, how to do it, and you, you're good with people because you're anointed to do what you do. You take responsibility and you're a faithful person. You're full of the Spirit of God. Anyway, I already talked about faith in the sight of the Egyptians. Here's something that you need to understand. When you operate in the favor of God, first of all, you can believe God for favor the same way you believe God for healing. Why? Because people are fickle. When Moses first came to them with Aaron, to the Israelites, he came to them and says, Hey, hello, everybody. We're here to deliver you all. It had been 430 years. Are you kidding me? Who is this 80-year-old person going, Hello, everybody. I'm here to deliver you all. I don't, who, who are you? Pass another brick. So him and Aaron did a few tricks that God showed them. You know, throw this down and turn that little trick and this trick. This, oh, okay. Then the whole nation, they all bowed and worshipped and said, Okay, this is it. I guess, yeah, there was. Come to think about it, there was a scripture that said something's going to change around here. Okay, so they, it says that they all worship. But just a few scriptures after that, when, you know, here comes Moses into Pharaoh and says, Thus saith the Lord, let my people go. And he spoke the word, you know, he thought he was really in vogue. Actually, I think Aaron spoke. He was too scared to speak. But whoever said it, said it. And Pharaoh said, fool, who do you think I am? 
And God hardened his heart so much so that he says, okay, now, just because, oh, because of this, you have too much time on your hands. Now you got to, don't give them any more straw. you got to make bricks without straw now. And it made their work even harder. It says in the Amplified Bible, I love the way it says this, that they were scattered uh, throughout the land of Egypt looking and scavenging for, for straw, stubble. You know, look at, look at in... in um, in uh, what chapter is that? Exodus 5, in the Amplified. Exodus 5 and verse number uh, 7. Exodus 5, 7. This is important. I want you to get this. But let the number of bricks... Uh, you shall no more give people straw to make brick, but let them go and gather straw for themselves. But the number of bricks which they have made before you shall still require of them. You shall not diminish it in the least, for they are idle. And, and that is why they cry, let us go sacrifice to our God. And look at what it says in verse 9. Let heavier work be laid upon the men that they may labor as it at it and pay no attention to lying words. Friends, the devil is writing your back. I got this so clear. Man, I, help me preach this, Jesus. He's writing your back. He's trying to get Christians to work so hard to where we're worn out. And we, we don't know what, and we don't, uh, some of you feel like, I don't have time to get in the word of God. I don't have time to tend to my anointing, what you're really anointed to do. What people are willing to pay premium dollars for, you're not tending to it because you're busy running around with activity, trying to, trying to earn something to pay the PG&E bill. I have a lot of compassion for everybody struggling to pay the PG&E bill. Believe me, I know what it's like to lay out before God and, and believe God for every dime that comes in. We know what that's like. But I also know that that's called oppression. My Bible says in His name oppression ceases. And we've been redeemed from lack. But more than that, it's oppression. So I want you to see that his strategy was to let heavier work be laid on them. Listen, let's stop working so hard and let's start working smarter. Everybody turn to your neighbor and say, start working smarter. And so, of course, people are fickle. When this happened, the, the foreman in verse 19, they saw that there was an evil situation you know, that they had to make just the same amount of brick without straw and that they had to dig their own straw. So they spoke to in verse 21 and says, look upon the Lord judge between you because you have made us rotten stench detested by Pharaoh. So everybody say it got worse. Say it louder. It did get worse. And in 22, Moses turned on and said like, what the hey, what's going on here? He says, oh Lord, why have you dealt evil to this people? Did you ever, why did you ever send me friends? It's no mistake. Oftentimes, you have got to believe God. People are fickle. Remember, a few minutes before, it was what? It was, oh, he's the one from God. Oh, praise God. And they're bowing down. And a few seconds later, everybody's complaining. It's kind of like the joke about the pastor. The first Sunday, oh, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. The second, the second month that he's there, by what authority doest thou these things? And by the third one, crucify him. <laughs> thought you'd enjoy that joke. People are fickle. But listen, you've got to believe God for favor in your situation. If you're in a court case, and many of you are. If you're dealing with medical situations, and many of you are. If you're dealing with negotiations about property or children with with legal situations, you've got to believe God for what? Favor. And then you're not moved when... Oh, the, the judge was smiling at me today. Oh, he was frowning at me. Oh, oh, oh. They love me, they love me not. They love me, I'm a winner, I'm a loser. I'm a winner, I'm a loser. No. Favor is an anointing. 
just like healing. And you stand on that thing. And you believe God and say, no, I've got favor. And you know, I wish I, I wish I had time. But see, it will go back and forth many times in a lot of these things. There's, there's often counterattacks. Look at this. He finally let the people go. You know the story. But did you know there was even a counterattack? Even after the fact, you never let down your guard. Everybody say, we're in a war. We're, in a war. we're not fighting against people. We're fighting against, not flesh and blood, but against spirits. And they're trying to stop you. They're trying to keep the supply from coming to you of whatever sort. Whatever the deal is that you're trying to get done. Is that right? And notice in, in Exodus chapter 14, 4 through 7, there was a counterattack. And friends, there's nothing new under the sun. The, the Pharaoh and his advisors got together. They, they came to their son and said, wait a minute. What have we done? We just let our whole free workforce get out, leave, and they stripped us. Because the Bible says, by the way, that he did give them favor. And it says that they spoiled the Egyptians, didn't they? And he says, and they did not go out empty. Friends, you were not born to be empty in this life. You were born to be filled. Now, again, this isn't for a comfortable lifestyle. This is so that you can do what God has called you to do. Hallelujah. To give God glory in your life. That's why he puts you in some places where other people can't, can't get to. And some people, you cannot be ashamed that the line is 5,000 people. I might as well tell the story right now. You can't be ashamed if the line is 6,000 people. And then all of a sudden they pull you out of the line and say, okay, you come to the front. Never mind, just come right up to the front. I got to tell this story. I was so excited. I got a phone call about the favor of God recently. Our good friend, Greg Savella. How many of you remember Greg Savella? Our good friend Greg Savella, you know, is minding his own business and they're doing a curtain call and some auditions for Pirates of the Caribbean. So he says, well, you know, I've always had in my heart, I've always been in acting all my life. So I think I'm going to... 6,000 people came to the, to the call. Huh? Say one? Cattle call. Sorry, I've got to get it right. Call the cattle call. That took 10 seconds to get it right. Actually 30 if I keep talking about it. He came to a cattle call. 6,000 people. And out of 6,000 people... Let me tell you something. It was one of those, don't call us, we'll call you things. And filming had already begun for the set. So l- listen to how God works. This is great. This will show you how it works in your life. Um, the, uh, he, was, he, he was waiting. Filming had already started. Uh, I don't know if it was a week went by, maybe a little more. He goes, well, they just didn't call me, so I don't know. He says, man, and he had grown his hair long like a pirate, and he had a beard going like a pirate and the whole thing. And then, and he says, I guess I'm not going to get, whatever, okay, I, I, ooh, it's so hot, and, ooh. so he said, I'm going to the barber, and he went to the barber on Monday, and, and, and the barber, uh, he said, just chop it off, just, just chop it off, shave it off, chop it off, and, and the barber said, man, you have such nice hair. He says, man, don't, don't cut it off. Just trim it. Man, he's beautiful, man. You just, so, so he said, okay, 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 just trim it. So he, he trimmed it back to the way that his bio picture was when he put in his resume. And then he said, look, if you don't like it, you could come back. He goes, fine, fine, if I don't like it. So then he went out the other day, and he tried to style it the next day, and he was so frustrated. He says, this doesn't work. Call the barber. He says, I can't take this. Take it off. Just take it off. So he says, okay. I said, come on in. So he chopped it all off. Whatever that means. I don't know what kind of cut he got. Anyway, so here he is without his beard, without the nice long hair and everything. There goes pirate. There goes the pirate dreams down the drain. He gets a phone call. Hello, this is Jeannie from um, from casting. In uh, and I wondered, if, is this Greg Savella? We'd like you to come down for. A, he goes, no. <laughs> what, 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 what's going on? He goes, I just. I just went to the barber and I just chopped it all up. She goes, you didn't. 
Why did you do that? Why did we, you signed the contract. You're not supposed to. So he was getting raked over the coals. So he goes, well, sorry. He, was, he says, but do any, just, I'd do anything. Anyway, uh, time. So he, so he, hang, he, he left the door open. He says, I'll do anything. I have a lot of experience, you know. So he just hangs up the phone, calls all his kids, calls everybody, says, oh, I, I just lost the chance of a lifetime. Actually, the hand of the Lord's on him for favor. Amen. Amen. That little genie girl, she's the person in his life. Is that right? And if Greg is saying, I'm always at the right place at the right time, he got a call back from that young lady. She says, you know, I don't know why I'm doing this. I love it when people call you saying that. I don't know why I'm doing this, but Mr. Savell, we want you to come, come on in. When he came to the castle, I got to be quick about this. They said, okay, you, you, you. They picked a handful of guys of which he was, and he stood, stood them up there. And he says... Hmm, they sized him up a little bit. And then they said, would you come over here to costumes? And they put him up with the officer's outfit. Now, the officers, you understand, they don't have beards. <laughs> Just these tight little mustaches. We need a Spanish captain on this ship. And the long and short of it, I don't want to draw it out too much longer because time is short. But the, the thing is that he got the part. And he called us, is this really happening? <laughs> Oh, and he had the, they put a wig on him because all the... Spanish officers of that era, they all wore curly wigs. So there he goes. So he didn't need so, so he didn't have to have the long hair in that. So, so he looked the part. Is that... Everybody follow what I'm saying? So he got the part. They already did filming. And when the Pirates of the Caribbean come out, look for Greg Savella. He's the guy steering the ship. Yeah. Yeah. It's the favor of God. And then he got a call for something else. It opened the door for other things. He just, we just got a call the other day that they're, they're casting another series. Now, this is big. They're opening another series on, I think it's ABC, and it's called... Uh, I don't know what it's called. Anyway, it's kind of like the like Lost series, uh, uh, The Outer Limits. And they're filming in Hawaii, and they're looking for something that looks just like Greg. And they did the, he went in for casting, and he might take, get that part, folks. The lady in casting said, you have a really good chance. They needed somebody that spoke Spanish. Of all things in Hawaii, Greg, a movie star? Oh, Lord. Get your DVRs ready to see Greg Savella. Yeah, one of the characters on that new series, that, that's, it's, they're just kicking it off. Well, whatever. Isn't God amazing? I mean, he's, he's run, rubbing elbows with amazing people, which is another thing. When you're in the favor of God, you will get into places that you have to walk in graciousness. You have to carry yourself like a king, because that's who you are. You're a king and a priest under God. Is that right? You're a representative. So I'm looking at, a, at an auditorium full of ambassadors. Amen. Amen. But back to this thing about adverse circumstances. I wish I, wish I had more time to, to go with this. And, and I will just, I will touch this. I'm going to take another five minutes. How many of you give me five minutes? L- listen to this. Daniel, ever since I was a little boy, I love the story of Daniel. I would have my mom read that to me over and over and over. What, shall I read your story? Yes, Daniel. Shall I read your story? Yes, Daniel. Shall I? Daniel. Daniel chapter 1 bears out one of the things that we said when you're cooperating with the favor of God. Remember, people will pay attention to you because of the precious anointing on your life. 
and because you're operating in love and wisdom. I'm going to touch on that real quick about Joseph because I'm not going to have time to get to Joseph today. But remember, when Joseph presented the plan to Pharaoh, Pharaoh stood by and said, Well, who else is better than this young man in whom the Spirit of God is? I'm appointing you. He said, he said, no one will so much as lift a finger in all the land of Egypt without Joseph giving the permission. We're talking, um, that, folks, come on, that's pretty amazing. I mean, you're in the dungeon, you're a slave foreigner, and all of a sudden, the highest level authority in the greatest regime of that time brings you up out of the dungeon... You carry yourself with the wisdom of God and all you're doing is operating in what you've already done all along. That's why I'm telling you, I encourage you to walk out your Christianity. Be a loving, kind person. Walk in joy. Walk in faith. Walk in giving favor, sowing favor to people. Helping people. And develop yourself. Develop these gifts on the inside of you. So in, it seemed like in a day, it's just like in a day, but you see, the situation that happened with Joseph was not a day. It took years to make Joseph what, who he was. It took years and years, including being in the furnace of, of being thrown in this place and falsely accused. Never sweat it when you get falsely accused at the company and somebody slams you for this and that. Don't worry about that. The favor of God is in operation on you. If, you. if you snag that and get an unforgiveness, it's over. What have you done? You've compromised your anointing. There are a lot of people that I know that are bitter and they won't get, they cannot get a job. They can't get anything to work for them in life because they're bitter. They're angry at the system. They seem to have more faith in the system than in the favor of God. But Joseph never took his eyes. It says, and God was with Joseph when he went to Potiphar and he was falsely accused and thrown. Then he went into the prison and God was with him. And he gave him favor with the innkeeper of the prison to where the, prisoner, the, the innkeeper of the prison didn't even have to think about what was going on because Joseph took care of everything. That talks of faithfulness to me. Amen. Come on, friends. We're talking about faithfulness. And when the time came, he stood before Pharaoh. But I want you to know something. He got the second highest position in all the land of Egypt. And what's wonderful about that, it isn't the power of positive thinking. He knew he had a purpose. The favor of God is what got him there. Listen, the favor of God is what got him there. He positioned himself for the favor of God by conducting himself excellently. He did not sleep with Potiphar's wife. Listen to me. He did not get mad at his brothers. Is that right? He maintained a good spirit and a good attitude. Everywhere he went, the smile was on his face. Come on, people. And when the time came to stand before the really important, the big kahuna, he was ready. I've got a question for you. Are you ready? There are people you're going to stand before. Employers people that have the contract. It might be on the golf course. It might be at, at, at some office. It might be at a coffee shop. But there are people that you need favor with. Amen. Amen. So let's, let's talk about Daniel right quick. First of all, the whole principle that I want to drive home with Daniel is ja- Daniel chapter 1. He said he refused to defile himself with the king's meat. 
you remember that in the book of Daniel? I don't have time to turn there and go over there. But he refused to do that. What does that speak to me? The kingdom of heaven is not meat or drink, but what? Righteousness, peace, and what? Joy in the Holy Spirit. Now, I'm not trying to be cute with a little parallel. Isn't Pastor Tom cute with righteousness? But I'll tell you right now, if you are a Christian that is not walking in joy, not walking in peace, you're worried, anxious, and you're not full of joy, you're full of sorrow, and you're depressed and bummed out, and you don't, your faith isn't out there to expect something good from the Lord. Hello. Right? And not doing the right thing. Well, they did me wrong, so I'm not going to file my taxes this year. I'm going to lie on lousy government. You know, that is not a person that is positioned for promotion. It's not positioned for favor. You, you, God can't work with that. You've got to operate in the kingdom of God. So Daniel determined his heart that he would not defile himself. Now, why was that important? Because it affects the anointing on his life. When the moment of truth came that, okay, all of the counselors, I mean, the king liked him. Remember people are fickle? The king loved these dudes. Like, where did these dudes come from? These cats are tough. Man, this Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, guys, these guys are awesome. They're ten times better than everybody else. But then the, dream had, the king had that dream, and then he's ready to kill them all off. Is that right? Including yours truly, our favorite four, the Fantastic Four. (laughs) But because, listen, because Daniel, remember last week's message, because Daniel didn't pitch his tent towards Sodom and Gomorrah. Remember that message last week? About talk, Pastor was talking about people that pitch their tent in a place that you shouldn't be. They're playing with the devil, sleeping with the enemy. Come on, friends. He maintained his vessel and kept his commitment to his God. And then his anointing was not hindered. So that when the moment of truth came, people pay money for wisdom. People pay money for insight. Right now, cities, governments, companies need wisdom now more than ever before. When things get really tight, you got to get out of the textbook. Nothing is textbook today, my friend. Nothing is going the way the experts said. They don't know what the heck is going on. The only one that holds the key is God himself. He's got the wisdom to see what's coming down in the future. Everything that used to work don't work no more. Everything is falling apart, they say. At least the way they think. They don't know what they're talking about. All the experts have no idea. And you know that's true. But when you've got the anointing on your life, and then your number comes up and you present yourself in a position before someone of authority, and you come out, you come out with the wisdom of God, All of a sudden, you stand out, friends, from everybody else. Your attitude. The wisdom on your life. The positive expectation. Listen, your ability to deal with all those nasty people. Your ability to be gracious with people and to lead. You want a promotion? Learn how to operate in 1 Corinthians chapter 13. Love people. Be kind to people. You show favor to people. You help people. And God will use you. Build people up. Amen. Amen. It's just good sense, friends. But see, Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they had the favor on their life, but 
we're closing with this. The king was fickle. When, when, the three, the, when the trio wouldn't bow, it says that his visage was changed. He was so upset. What do you mean you're not going to bow? Listen, that was the point of consecration to God. But they weren't worried about it because there's a scripture that says when you walk through the fire, what? Help me out with that. When you walk through the fire, what? You will not be burned. They knew that. They have a God that says when you go through the waters, you won't be overflowed. And when you go through the fire, you shall not be burned. And I like the way the King James says, it shall not kindle upon you. Friends, we have an anointing on our life to go right through the worst of the worst and come up shining. We could all talk about how hard it is. We could all talk about the pain and the trouble I've seen. But I would rather be in church and talk about the goodness of God and how great God is and that He is one that will never let you down. With favor, He'll bring you to the top all the time. Hallelujah. Stand up and shout somebody. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Give Him a shout.